up, what's up everyone? Welcome to the new episode of the Miles High Podcast. This is Miles Monroe Jr., your host. And as always, the vision and goal of this podcast is to entertain, educate, and elevate you miles high above your fears, your doubts, and any limitations that you may think exist. Always knowing that those limitations only exist in your mind. I have a special guest on the pod today. Uh, this is someone who um, I've known for quite a, quite a number of years, right? Someone who I'm now working along with. Uh, but someone who I've always been amazed at, right? Um, her, her story is, um, is impactful. I think it's something that's encouraging. Uh, and I wanted to bring her on to tell that, that, that specific story. So I want to welcome to the pod, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. April Elizabeth Finlinson. Let's give her a clap of guys. Hello, hello all. It's a pleasure to be here. April, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. Um, so we, you know, we've had many a conversations about the topic of education, uh, the importance of it, and mm-hmm. you know, different aspects of education. You're an educator by profession, um, and it's something that you've been doing for quite a number of years. Um, there are things that you've been able to do that just simply amazes me. I'm super impressed with you know what you've done. You know, we've known each other since since high school, um, mm-hmm. and just to see you know how you've been able to flourish in this space. Uh, I think it's commendable. So first, I want to congratulate you for Thank all you. that you've done and been able to do. Uh, I'm just looking forward to the things that you, you're gonna gonna do in the future, especially because we're working together. So that's a little bias that I'm that I'm uh, putting in there. A little shameless plug. <laughs> but we'll get to that later on in the episode. But uh, to start, so I, I, I want you to give a little bit of history about your personal education and like where where this educational seed was was birthed in you. Mm. Uh, so I'm Dr. April Elizabeth Finlayson, born and raised here in the Bahamas, mm-hmm. but I'm bicultural. Mm-hmm. So my dad is from Andros, which is the Bigfoot-looking island in the Bahamas. <laughs> and my mom is from Georgia and was raised in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I bring my parents into the conversation when you talk about like the seed, because it now, when I look back over my life, I understand that things were kind of in motion long before I was even here. Mm-hmm. And so they are definitely a key part of my educational journey. So I say that because I think there are two sides of like potential, right? So you have inherited potential and then you have like an individual potential. Mm-hmm. And so from the perspective of inherited profession, um, potential, the first job that both of my parents held were as educators. Oh, wow. okay. So um, my dad was in the context of, you know, back in the day in Andres, you finish probably at like the ninth grade level. If you was the smartest in the class, then you go <laughs> on to like help the teacher. So that's what he did <laughs> uh, for a few years. And then with my mom, um, my mom was actually recruited to the Bahamas as an educator when the Bahamas got independence. Mm, okay. And fun fact, uh, she worked at C.H. Reeves alongside your daddy. Oh, so okay. there we go. Big pick up, picture circle, moment, right? right? <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I say that, that, you know, growing up, I had no idea that I would go into education in spite of the fact that that was both of my parents' first careers. But mm-hmm. it definitely was a very important part of the puzzle. So education journey, April. <laughs> Cue this. I absolutely hated school okay like hated with a passion anyone who knows me from elementary school knew that april hated school but i always loved learning Mm -hmm. um and so my journey through school locally was actually challenging so to speak because i did not like to go to school i didn't like i felt like school was taken away from my real life Mm -hmm. 
Um, I was very entrepreneurial from really young. And so I felt like I could be doing my business. I could be reading my books. I could be doing all sorts of things. But here you have me in school for all these hours. And then after I leave school, I have homework. Say what? So you, you said you were uh, entrepreneurial from young. Like, yes. give me some of those things you did. Oh, sure. From entrepreneurial so one of the businesses that my brother and I had together was we had a lot of fruit tree trees in our yard. Mm -hmm. And so we would sell fruits. So we sold like sea grapes. Uh, sugar bananas, all that kind of and stuff. And sell them where? In the neighborhood? Shell, sell them in school, oh, okay. even though we weren't <laughs> supposed to be doing that in school. Um, but then that was just the business that we were using to feed our larger business. So sure. my brother was really good with his hands. And so we would buy um, Nintendo parts that were broken mm -hmm. from people, and then he would refurbish them. And so we got our money from our like fruit business to refurbish the parts. And then we would sell the parts back to people during like holiday break so you know the big times when people were gonna want it that would yes. be like easter yep. and christmas um when you know children are home from school and young people are gonna be buying that type of stuff so that was our first business together and how old were you around what age i was probably like six wow. um and my brother was like 16. my mom actually when she noticed that our like nature for entrepreneurship she actually started an incorporate an incorporated company for us oh wow so yeah so we were doing we we're doing big things early <laughs> um you know um, and then our other business, now this one, this is a little shameful. <laughs> uh, we then decided when we made all of that capital that we wanted to build a submarine. Um, you know. <laughs> At six? Uh, you know. <laughs> uh, needless to say, that didn't work out. <laughs> but a lot of our money was invested in the submarine. All your businesses don't work. So wow. we, had to learn that. we had to learn that one early. Your parents allowed that investment to happen? And that's the thing. I'm so impressed by the fact that <laughs> they, my mom would actually, it? like, wow. we would give her our supply list and be like, I need you to go to the store to pick up these things. And she, she just said, have you all thought about the mechanics behind it mm -hmm. and would ask us, like, pressing questions? But she never said, like, no. that is not going to work. Yeah, like, yeah, what y'all yeah. doing? Y'all yeah. building a submarine out of wood? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> she never did that. So, you know, she kind of fostered that um, entrepreneurial no, spirit. That's dope. And so, you know, I have that type of stuff going on in my life. You think I wanted to be in school? <laughs> I did not. Um, and so we actually came up with another solution. And all of this kind of like shapes the way that I feel like my school was started and mm -hmm. like what went into my school. Because then I negotiated with my mom. I was like, I do not like going to school. Is there any way that, is there something I could do? So um, my family business, those people who know me from the early part of my career, as well as the early part of my life, know me as April Elizabeth Sawyer. Yep. And so, you know, my family business was Sawyer Studio. If you don't have a Sawyer Studio picture <laughs> in your house, are you even Bahamian? <laughs> I mean. And so um, we made a deal that I would work at the studio through the week. I had to go to school if there were any tests. I had to do well on the test the moment that I'm not doing well on the test anymore, then I'm no longer to have this deal. I'm not able to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I would be allowed to like, I had to finish a book a week, work in the studio and do well on my test. And we did that for most of the fifth and the sixth grade. Mm -hmm. uh, so essentially it was almost like I was homeschooled. Right. Um, I went to school, took my test, move on to the next grade, but it wasn't school that I was getting the bulk of what I would say, like my education, my education mm -hmm. or the experience of learning what from. School, what school was this? I was a QC. Okay, well you say it like that. Because just in case we were going to talk about some other challenging parts of my journey, we were going to like keep the, you know, the, the name private. Yeah. But, by. you know, we'll hide some other things. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, from there, um, like having like a challenging relationship with education and school in general, I feel like I was always searching for something. Mm -hmm. And so 
um, around the 11th grade, I was the end of the 10th grade actually, one of my friends had gone to boarding school and she came back and she wasn't the type of person who was really into like current events and world issues and that type of thing. And when she came back, she was so well versed on like current events and what was going on in multiple parts of the world. And I was like, hold on, like I know you ain't research that yourself. Like mm-hmm. no disrespect, but I just knew that that's not what happened. And so I asked her about it and she told me that she had classes in school where, you know, they did like reenactments of different parts of history and also current events and she didn't have to join model un to have this experience this Mm -hmm. is something she was having every day in the just the general classroom and so when i found out about that i was like hold on now someone getting something i'm not getting i love to learn hated school like i said but i absolutely love to learn and so that's when i got the idea to go to boarding school i looked into the school that she was attending and i actually decided to go there and so for the 11th grade i went to um boarding school in rural ontario Mm -hmm. Um, like two hours outside of Toronto, uh, Lakefield College School. And I think that experience really opened me up to like what learning can look like Mm -hmm. in a way that it's like truly holistic when learning is done in like a space where it feels like family. You know, and that's, so, that's how that school. Um, that's did, exactly their education. very much so. Okay, very much. The environment was like very family, even out down to like our dorms. Like in most boarding schools, dorms would you know look like a dorm, mm-hmm. but for us, it was like a house, and there's a family that lives in the house. So behind, like like any other door, one of those doors you open goes into someone's house. It looks like our doors, mm-hmm. but it opens into a full house with a full family. And so you have that sense of community and mm-hmm. that sense of community was in every part of the learning experience. Mm-hmm. And I found it was like at that stage that I got a lot more committed to, to education and, and learning. Because anybody who know me, I wasn't no like front of the classroom, <laughs> uh, super studious Miss April. Like I was, no, I was into learning, but the way that school was structured just truly was not for me. Sure, sure. So after, after boarding school, like what, what, what did like, obviously you went to college, like how did you make this, the decision to go to college? Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about that. So, okay, I need to preference most of my journey with the fact that I can't take credit for my journey, right? I I look at it now and I think about the tapestry of God's grace over my life, Mm -hmm. right? And the thing about a tapestry, and like Risi could chime in about this, like when you first start with a tapestry, it could look very disparate. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like the patterns might look odd, the colors might look like they all out of the way. And for much of my journey, that's what it was like. And I'm finally at a place now where I could step back and see the tapestry and see how intentional God was about my journey Mm -hmm. because when it came to college, let me throw this in again, I was also just not Miss Super. I was about college, yeah. like very early. I, you know, I had my Spelman teacher from Miles Four. So <laughs> I told everybody, like at my primary school graduation, I was like, look, I could skip all this school apart. I won't go to Spelman. Yeah. Um, but no, in terms of like doing it in the way that like, I don't know, you know, super committed nerds might do it. That, that, was, that was not me. Um, and I just had my idea, my, my heart set on Spelman. I felt like that was it. My mom did not want me in the US mm-hmm. because this was like shortly after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, no, not happening. And so me going to, I went to McGill University and that actually happened because our mutual friend. So I did not do my own application oh, wow. for McGill University. As a matter of fact, I was standing on a line outside of a local nightclub. <laughs> um, and I remembered that there was a deadline for college applications outside of the province. So in Canada, they have provinces instead of states. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone had to apply to a school out of province. And then I was standing on the line and I look at the date on my phone and I was like, uh-oh, 
oh my goodness. And this is a testament of having friends that actually know you mm -hmm. and could be there for you. And so I called Tracy and I was like, Tracy, I'm gonna graduate if you don't do this application. <laughs> like, uh, pick one school for me. And so she was like, you, you know, University of British Columbia or McGill. I was like, one of them. Like, just, just pick it, fill out the application. She was like, what program? I was like, girl, you know me. You could just fill out the application. That's literally what happened. Mm. She filled out the entire application on my biographical data, my parents, wow. um, the program that I was applying to, which was perfectly suited for me. Um, and so that is actually how I chose my university. And then when my dad found out, so when I wasn't going to Spelman anymore, I was just like, I don't necessarily, I want time away from school to, build houses in South America and learn the <laughs> language. And um, my dad was like, girl, you got into McGill, you go into McGill. Like mm. that was, he put his foot down and was just like, no, I couldn't believe it. Cause I, I'm so used to him being on my side mm. and my mommy being the one to be like, no, this is what you're doing. I'm so used to um, my mom being the one to like lay down the law and my dad being the um, one to say, oh, think about what she said. And in that instance, he was like, no, you got into McGill you go into McGill. Mm -hmm. And so I went to McGill, which was definitely probably one of the best moves for me as far as my academic career is concerned. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you graduated from McGill. Mm -hmm. um, enjoyed your time there? I did. <laughs> A Beautiful bit. city. Yeah. No, I absolutely enjoyed my time there for real. Oh, okay, and um, so after McGill, um, what, what, what was next? Hmm. So after McGill, this would be, this is where it gets good. Um, technically, you know, traditional island person, child, mm -hmm. I was supposed to be going to law school. Um, straight and plain, okay? Mm -hmm. So my dad had, my dad was so invested in me going to mm -hmm. law school that my last couple of months at McGill, I actually did um, my classes at FIU online. Mm -hmm. And he was very clear, it was like a smooth transition. You, when you finish those classes, then you go into studying for your LSAT. So my dad actually had paid for apartment away from home for me to be studying for this LSAT because this is how invested he was for wow. me to go to law school. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what I was doing mm -hmm. immediately after McGill. But then um, I had to come home for like to do some type of business um, with my mom. And when I came home for business, I started attending the church that she attended. Mm -hmm. And that church went on a corporate fast. Mm -hmm. And so um, I came home, I was only supposed to be here for like maybe two weeks. I kept extending it because I really was enjoying the church, right? So I kept, was, I was like, okay, I'll go next month. Oh, I'll go next month. Um, and I ended up being here for like three months. At that point, I had already started volunteer, volunteering in like the youth ministry. I was working in like community organizing because mm -hmm. the church was on um, Windsor Lane. So it's like the inner city part of Nassau. So mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of that type of hands-on work and falling in love with that type of work, to be quite honest. And the church went on a corporate fast. And when the church went on a corporate fast, and this is me, I just wanna give you all the context for the fact that like, this is me now taking my own faith in my hands, mm -hmm. right? You know, like as a young adult, I'm like 22 going on 23. And like, and now this is a me thing, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't mm -hmm. just me showing up to do it because that's what you do on Sundays. <laughs> and um, during the fast, I felt the leading of God and God said to me, you and your mom, should start a school together. And then there was a very clear vision. I wrote like pages and pages of information about like what the school would be like and like what other types of education opportunities I'll get into. Like just, it was very detailed. Now you would think I would walk away from an experience like that and be like so sure. It's like yeah. obviously you're an educator April. No, um, honestly I was, I was obedient because 
I fear the Lord. That's it. Mm. Like, I, no other reason. I was just obedient because I was scared. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> Let me go to my mommy and just tell her what I felt God led me to say. And then after she's going to say, girl, you crazy. You going back. You go to law school and go on with your life. So I went to her and I told her. And she paused and she looked at me and she was like. She confirmed that. She was like, I heard the same thing. Yep, yep. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and so then she's like, so what did God show you? Like, And then it was all like back on me. And I was like well okay and i started telling her like what god showed me we took out stood up um stepped out on faith and started the leadership academy on my mother's dining room table wow what year was this this is in 2009 and you were 22 years old i was 23 at 23 years when we old. finally started yeah wow so and you know hearing that first time i heard that part of your story i was intrigued right because in you know in, in the bahamas like you don't really hear about these um these new schools that that do things differently, right? Or that educate kids differently or pr provide a different environment mm -hmm. for kids. But like during that time, there were a number of schools that popped up. Um, uh, I don't want to call it any, any names, but I knew that there, there were a number of schools that popped up that were, were educating kids differently. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I, I hadn't heard about your school until maybe, honestly, a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. right? But you've, you guys have been uh in business for quite some time you mm -hmm. know before that so you know starting starting this on the school is called the leadership academy the leadership academy um yes. it's 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 a phenomenal school right the kids that come out of this school are literally kids that are changing the way things are done not only in the bahamas but in different parts of the world as well mm -hmm. and like i'm almost i'm always impressed about the caliber of kids that you have you. That, that come from this school um and and not even not just like what they do but who they are and who that who they know that they are right because when i graduated high school uh i wasn't sure of who i was right i wasn't confident in the things that i wanted to do or even sure of what uh, of what it was that i wanted to do i knew i had a, a, a specialty and wanted to have a focus in business mm -hmm. but really didn't have a clear path or a clear plan on how i wanted to do that mm -hmm. but your kids um at least the one that I, the ones that I've come in contact with, like it's just impressive of the the confidence that they have and the sure the, the surety of the plans that you know they want to create for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so in in starting this school, I'm sure, like let's let's briefly walk through that process. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure that had to be maybe not a hard process, but a tedious process, right? Because mm -hmm. you're you're you, you want to start a school, so you have to be approved or whatever by some local form of government mm -hmm. i'm sure that was a lot of red tape to walk through uh but you guys got it done we got it done weapons of form but they shall not prosper always, always. <laughs> so let, let, let's let's talk about uh the the beginning of the school like starting the school mm -hmm. the the setbacks that you guys may have had, and mm -hmm. then you know that period where you guys you know were able to push through and and start the school yeah so one of the things straight up my mom said to me april if i'm doing this with you we are not doing the things that were done to you when you were in school mm -hmm. so you know this whole notion of focusing on what color socks children wear and what their shoe look like and this the type of backpack you're supposed to have she was like that's a no mm -hmm. I mean, if you even think about doing anything like that i am not doing this mm -hmm. with you mm -hmm. so i think her naming that very early set a standard in terms of what the character of the school was going to be like and so of course 
by nature of us wanting to do something different and at the core of our school being that is a school of faith mm -hmm. like we truly promote beyond anything else when my students walk out of the door my goal is that they know how to have answered prayer mm -hmm. and you have answered prayer by knowing the word of god when you speak in god's language back to god god is going to answer some prayers for you mm -hmm. and so um i think just by doing that and doing something so different you are going to bring a fight and mm -hmm. so a fight it was um on so many different levels and planes we had a fight at the national level mm -hmm. i mean like laws were put in place in this country because of the existence of my little school mm -hmm. and at this point our school was only like i would say about 30 kids when we had the challenges where you know police came with wow. guns and all sorts of things <laughs> on campus one day but like God is always able because two things happened and we were prepared in that instance. So um, my pastor at the time was very prophetic and had said he had a vision of my mom being arrested. And we were like, what? Like, we all laughed because he was like, no what? Way. Oh, no this old lady <laughs> arrested for what? You know what I mean? What law is she breaking? Like, what's she doing? <laughs> and, and then um, I had been praying one day and I was led to put on the calendar in the middle of the school that everybody passed that this particular day out of the week was supposed to be a revival. Mm. And so we were all in morning, what we call morning devotions for a longer period of time. That just so that very same day. So the night before is when we got another prophecy that, you know, you know, I see this happening soon. The very next mor morning, which happened to be the same day that I put on the calendar as revival was the day that um, police officers storm the, the house. Um, you know, me and my citizenship was what they used, but technically oh. it was just like a lot of people, it was it was very political, it was a political season and a lot of people in power felt like using the school and me would be a way to kind of get things to go that way. But mm -hmm. like I say, weapons formed and they, and, and they don't prosper. But what that did for us is we went from that year, a school of only like 30 children, you're like, you have not heard of our school before because we intentionally did not advertise and promote the school. We always wanted the school to bring its own strengths, mm -hmm. right? Like people come to the school because their their children are served well and mm -hmm. they they then pass it on by word of mouth. And so, um, yeah, that year, once we went in the news, people were like, why people care about this school with 30 people and this old woman? Like, what? there has to be something to it. This school must be special. And our school went from an enrollment of somewhere around 30 to 110. Wow. And so they, was, they tried to shut you guys down, but gave you guys free marketing and free promotion. Free marketing and promotion. It was incredible. <laughs> it was truly a testament to, yeah. you know, like just persevering. It was not easy. I would say if I if I wasn't doing it with my mom, there was so many times that I would have quit. Sure. Because, you know, as a young person, I was like, see, that's too much. Like sure. they, 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 just, we just trying to do something good. Mm -hmm. You know, why are we going through all of this? But And there's so much principles in that, right? Because number one, it, it like who you do it with matters, right? And like the partners we choose in life, the partners we choose in business is like super important. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is like, we're, all, we're always going to face these obstacles, right? Things mm -hmm. are going to come up. Things are going to uh, try to take us out. But, you know, these things can be used for our betterment, right? Mm -hmm. Everything, no matter what happens in life, everything can be used um, mm -hmm. for the good of God and, and for, for his glory to be brought forth. Mm -hmm. um, so that's an amazing story, man. And, you know, just like you say, they, they tried to, you know, make up some, some stuff to get you guys, I guess, shut down or, you know, propel themselves in this political season. Uh, but it, it only boosted your your registration exactly. and applications for for your school. So that's that's amazing. Now let's 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 talk about the school itself, right? Because mm -hmm. you guys you you guys uh, 
you do education a bit differently from mm -hmm. you know the regular high schools right. uh, in the Bahamas, and I'm assuming you know other schools around the world. So what's what's the focus in the way that you educate kids, and and how like at the end of their uh, education se educational season, I'm mm -hmm. talking like when they graduate, mm -hmm. what is it that you want your kids to walk away with? Okay, so um, first, in terms of how we do things different to the core, the focus is the child, mm -hmm. right? In many conventional school environments, especially locally, um, it's about so many other things in the child. It was mm -hmm. like the family, what family the child come from, all that type of stuff. But for us, it's about the individual that's in front of us and how can we allow this in individual to, to grow in a way that they truly know themselves. Mm -hmm. I think if there's anything that's consistent about my graduates, it's about the fact that they've taken that time to really like get to know who they are. Mm -hmm. And from there, they're able to figure out like what their, see their potential and figure out what the purpose is for their life, right? Mm -hmm. And so the way that we do that different is every family has an interview. Um, and the interview isn't like a, you know, like most schools have like an entrance test. That's not that's not the thought. The The idea of the family interview is that we meet the, the child and the family and we see if this is someone we could really partner with mm -hmm. to go on what is a very unconventional journey about your child learning themselves. Because mm -hmm. if your child is learning yourselves, there are some days in our school you might come to school and you may be having a really off day yeah. and you may not do schoolwork yeah. and we're actually going to support you in that journey we actually may take you on errands mm -hmm. or something like that so that someone in within the environment has an opportunity to really talk to you and see what's going on and that you know some people don't want that under any circumstance mm -hmm. i drop my child to school i want my child to go to school mm -hmm. whereas with us it's more about like who is this person and their character development. So that's the first part. Then from like an academic perspective, what we do is we design a plan towards graduation for each individual child. Mm -hmm. And so um, like your, if you have, let's say you had a twin brother, you all wouldn't necessarily be doing the same style of math or your, your English might not be at the same level um, or you, know, you just simply don't have the same interest so you would have very different electives. Mm -hmm. And so we put together a plan based on the actual individual child, right? And then what is most important to me is I kind of foreshadowed earlier is you have an opportunity to have a life so we don't, sure. you have homework if you don't finish what you were supposed to do in That's school, cool. but it's not us assigning you homework. Cause I feel like you need to have a life. Mm -hmm. Like that is how you are successful. You have to get to know like who you are and what you're interested in. A lot of people lose so much time on the college end mm -hmm. because they never had an opportunity to have that type of exploration. And so we want to allow our students the space to be able to to like do other things professionally. A lot of my students, before they graduate, they're already within some career. Like they, I've had like philanthropists start early with like cookies on Wednesdays and sending cookies into the, using the, the profits from the, um, the cookies to mm -hmm. be able to help a local primary school, like different things like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, or like literally, you know, a lot of entertainers and athletes and that type of thing graduate from our school. Most of um, like people often will say, oh, I didn't realize you had a school or know your school, but they often know our graduates, Absolutely. right? And that's exactly what we are, we're leaning towards. But the only way we could do that is by focusing on like character development, faith development, like individual growth and development. Now, I love that. And I, I, I love the way that you guys teach in the school, right? Because I like growing up, you know, in, in the, I guess we, we, we would call the traditional, the, the traditional high schools, uh, schools in the Bahamas period mm -hmm. like there's a set curriculum that every student goes through everyone learns the same way uh, but each of us are different as Very individuals different. right and I like I could recall uh, like once I graduated moved on in life and then thinking back to, to school and you would remember like 
those individuals who were considered like smart or the smarter ones in school, mm-hmm. uh, you know, graduated and they they aren't like you know you have that most likely to right. be successful or whatever. Right. Like those individuals didn't you know their their trajectory didn't pan out to to be what we thought it would be. And that's nothing against you know the kids or nothing against anything. Like life happens, right? right? And and a lot of things that we go through kind of. Uh, de- deviate us from you know maybe the ultimate plan we're supposed to to be accomplishing but my, my point is like I don't think every kid should be educated the same no and, and I, I like the way the leadership academy educates and the the intention that you guys have or the details that you guys pay attention to when it comes to like ed- educating individual kids mm-hmm. and like what this kids need what this kid needs versus what this kid needs right. um so i just think that's something that was unique um i was impressed uh, when i learned that that's what the leadership academy was about and like you say you know a lot of people don't know uh about your your school or may not know about your school but they do know a, a lot about you guys as graduates right um because your kids become uh, staples in our communities, uh, especially in the Bahamas. So that's that's super impressive. Okay, so that's the Leadership Academy. Mm-hmm. Now you're also a Harvard graduate. I am right? two-time so Harvard graduate. Two, <laughs> <laughs> toot okay. your own horn. All right, April. <laughs> Doctor April, Doctor Philinson, got you. But how? Like, okay, so you you graduate from your undergrad. You yes. you started an entire school, indeed, and then decided to go to Harvard. Like, mm. how? Like what why funny thing (laughs) so that same time um that same period when i saw the vision for the school Mm -hmm. i was thinking like oh god had me opening a whole school all i got as a bachelor's like these people about to bring their children to me you know and they did Mm -hmm. um which is you know i i'm blown away by the fact that that actually happened Mm because i was like you could imagine taking your children out of prominent high schools here in the bahamas and entrusting your your child to a 23 year old like but anyhow um so that same like later that evening i actually started researching schools that had a one-year master's program so i want to give you context this Mm -hmm. is in 2009 Mm -hmm. and i saw very clearly in my mind it was like the spirit of the lord was like look up neuroscience psychology and education because um I knew the type of students that I was called to um, serve in terms of like, I wanted to be able to serve a broad spectrum of difference. And so I looked up neuroscience, psychology, and education, and the only school <laughs> that had a program was Harvard. Was Harvard. Wow. And I was like, is this a joke? <laughs> like, clearly this is a joke. And I was just like, you know what? Anyway, I just kind of like pushed it away. I actually, um, months later, it came up to my mind again, and I looked in to see when like the application process was and I missed. Um, and like I say, this is like, we just started my school. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of put that on the back burner. And then uh, some five years ago, because of challenge again, (laughs) um, uh, definitely because of difficulty setback, um, I was going through issues again uh, locally with my citizenship. I was like, I had just um, like my my work permit or something like took forever. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm a teacher. Like why my work permit taking forever? You know, Mm -hmm. that's something that's easy for most people. And I got very frustrated and literally in a fit of frustration I um, applied to to the master's See, program. I gave, <laughs> I was I like, <laughs> exactly. I was like, you know what? I put a lot of my eggs in one basket, yeah. and so let me just 
I just needed to do something. And so I applied to the master's program and um, got into the mind brain and education program as I had looked at many years before. Um, and then during that program, I was exposed to the doctorate of education leadership mm-hmm. and fell in love with the concept of the program because the program, it was so much of, I feel like what I had been looking for throughout my entire academic journey. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's a doctorate in education leadership and it could be misgiving if you're not thinking about like the purpose that education actually serves in sure. society um, and what it takes to actually be a good leader. And mm-hmm. so within the context of this very beautiful program, which is a, it's actually a partnership between, and this gives you a better understanding of what they teach, it's like a partnership between Harvard Business School, Harvard Kennedy School of Government and the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Mm-hmm. And so, um, they teach you, let me just put it like this, the motto of the program is um, transform self, transform sector. And so this notion of like getting to know yourself better and transforming yourself will allow for you to impact the world and transform the education sector. Mm -hmm. Um, And they absolutely deliver as far as the curriculum is concerned to Mm -hmm. do that. Um, And so, yeah, I... So went went to Harvard, graduated. Yes, yeah, Harvard, gra- two-time Harvard graduate. Indeed, um, super impressive. Thanks. Uh, doing all of this while while still you know maintaining your your leadership academy. Mm-hmm. Your mom was a big help to you. Huge. <clears throat> one of one of the things too that I like about your school is in talking about the help that you get. A lot of the kids that graduate from your school come back and work for the school. Yes, you know that's that's super impressive, right? You're 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 training. You're, you're educating your educators, essentially, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. you're promoting from within. Um, I think that's a good, an, an added bonus to what the Leadership Academy could do. Not only are they providing for society, but they're paying it forward for exactly. the Leadership Academy as well, and the kids coming up after them. Mm-hmm. Um, so super impressive, April. Um, uh, so what's what's next? You know, you, you and I have, have started working together um, in this educational space. You know, our organizations have been uh, trying to get uh, an institute off the ground, right? We have a, a lot of resources um, within our organization that we you know, have been trying to use um, to uh, create curriculum, create training programs that we wanna offer for persons to learn. Um, and I think the, you know, this is just my opinion. I think the problem was like we didn't find the right people to work with. Uh, and I think you know everything happens in time. I think the work that was done prior to now was necessary, sure. right? It got us to this point. Mm-hmm. But you and I connected uh, early 2023, um, and not that you know it's always amazing to me. Like I've known April my entire life, uh, well, pretty much my entire life. You know, through high school and stuff. Uh, her parents and my parents knew each other. Um, and now, you know, coming full circle, you and I are working together now. Uh, so what's what's next for you? You know, we we, we are working together Indeed. on the Monroe Institute of Leadership. Uh, but I'm sure you have uh, a lot more plans that you, you want to accomplish. You you actually, uh, Harvard employs you as well. You Indeed. do some work with Harvard. So you're doing a whole lot. So let's just talk about like what's next for April. So I'm the executive director of the Monroe Institute <laughs> That she of is. Leadership. Let's give a clap up for that, guys. Way to go, April. <laughs> um, and so um, essentially, I guess the way that I look at it now, because 
many of the plans of a man's heart, but it's God's purpose that prevails. 100%. And I can be an over planner. And oftentimes in being an over planner, that's when God is just like, miss, mm-hmm. we on a, we on a plan here. Mm-hmm. So your role. Actually, that's how we connected again, mm-hmm. because I was supposed to be going to residency and I had gotten, you know, all into myself and how I had things planned. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to go residency in Atlanta and I'm going to do this and that. And then all sorts of things started happening in my life to slow me down. And then I ended up working for an organization that ended up reaching out to, to you yep. for assistance. Yep. And then we ended up connecting Connecting. that way. And I remember crazy. how crazy that is because it right before I was so when I first saw them, when they first came to me, I was so determined that I was not going to work with them. Mm-hmm. It was like God was speaking to me and was like, April, this is what you're supposed to do. And I was like, Mm-mm, I'm going to in my mind. I was like, oh, no, I'm not. Yeah. And then I remember going back to Boston and literally one day in CVS, it was like the Holy Spirit was very clear with me. Like you are going to work. I, that organization was like, ain't like they had been taxed to me, nothing. It was mm-hmm. just out of clear nowhere. Like you are going to work with that organization. Mm-hmm. So I like literally put down my shop and got, pick up the phone and was like, I'll work with y'all. Mm-hmm. And when I think about how it came together, because that then connected us for the work that we're doing is so like big picture and full circle, mm-hmm. especially considering, like I told you before, um, a year into opening the school, I'd heard your dad talk about his vision for the Institute. Mm-hmm. And, and when I heard it, I literally looked at my mom and I said, I f- he was like, it, he's had this vision with him for so long. And it's just a matter of him finding the people to do the work. Right Not people. that the, the vision isn't yep. complete. It's just having the right people. And I looked square at my mom and I was like, mommy, I'm the people. Um, but that was crazy because here it is. I was like fresh out of undergrad. Like, mm-hmm. what are I talking about? And she was like, just write it down. You know what you do, write it down and it'll probably come back. And so sad, so, so, so done, right? Mm-hmm. And so I say, I preface all of that to say is like, I, back to this tapestry, I am really in no position to actually name specifically what What's my next? detailed plans are. But I will say what I am going to continue to do, mm-hmm. right? And so my goal is to really continue to um, scale what I'm doing, period. And that's like enlightening people in terms of like their journey and igniting their potential. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I think about that from the perspective of like my students within the Leadership Academy, you kind of like segued us into that. Um, Many of my students also want to have their own schools, right? And Mm -hmm. so when I think about how our scaling is going to look, it's not like me opening up a ton of different leadership academies it's having my incredible students who know it better than anyone else who've experienced it because at the end of the day i didn't experience leadership academy Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and having them to create their own schools and seeing that happen and then now the opportunity that i have with you with working in the tertiary space and kind of replicating that experience of people being able to um, discover themselves um, deepen their faith and really lead into leading into their their purpose and orchestrating is like finding their their own power mm. right like in a lot of spaces power is a dirty word mm. um and that's what people think of it but you can't have the word potential without power mm. and so with when people have that opportunity to activate that power i feel like that's my goal it's like enlightening people with like information and knowledge about self um and about self-development so that they could ignite their power and light that candle in other people wow wow that's that's man that's that's dope no that's dope i i I love it you know and i again education is so important uh but i i do believe that we all learn differently and i think in order for us to uh, be successful and be the best that we can in in our areas of gifting uh, we have to tap into the the specific 
strengths of of learning that we have um and that's what you know that's what i want to create with the Munner institute of leadership um and you know going back to that story of, of how we got connected like the connection to you at this point didn't then had, had nothing to do with education right i was introduced to a, a gentleman that was in sports and athletics mm-hmm. and our conversation was about that and he was like oh you know i have this program that we do in one of the high schools here that we're trying to uh duplicate in other high schools so come in uh and you know just sit in on one of our classes you know you were lead for that program mm-hmm. uh so you know sat in the class was just impressed uh, to you know how the kids were learning and how they were progressing through this program that got you and i talking uh and boom there we are exactly. you know it's, it's just it's just crazy how things work out man and there are things that we're going to face in life things that are unexpected things are that are of our own doing mm-hmm. but everything could be used um to, to our good or to his good exactly um and i think if we if we focus on the principle behind that that verse right and in, in all that we do regardless of how you know bad the situation is or bad our circumstances are mm-hmm. um just looking for the good in everything or, or being able to connect the dots you know you and i were having a conversation the other day about being so many years removed from you know this this journey that you've been through like now you're able to connect the dots of exactly. like why things happened and how exactly. they happened uh, and i think that's how that's how life plays out mm-hmm. uh, so this this was this was great april i wish you the best um and everything you. That, that you do you. uh i think my wife has a question she wants yes. to ask <laughs> april so i have two Hi, questions Belle. for you mm-hmm. so one how can we begin to change the colonial mindset of education in the bahamas we know that a lot of kids in the system today are forced to do certain stuff mm. to be certain ways and it's stifling their creativity their mm-hmm. confidence how can we begin to focus on children's individual needs as opposed to just lumping everyone into one group and forcing you know everyone to learn the same way when we are all different and mm-hmm. unique so i there, there are two things that come to mind um that are readily accessible right so the first thing is if we had the opportunity to have more after school programs like mm. people investing in after school programs that show people how effective this untraditional style of learning can be then um i think more people will buy into it right because i, I can remember like pre-pandemic what i was doing seemed so novel mm. like people were like well why do you need to personalize or individualize or have like you know, computer-based learning and all these different things. And then the pandemic happened and everybody realized like, oh, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And are more willing to lean into it. And I think that if you have, if we invest in spaces where we have after-school programs so that parents can actually become believers of the fact that this can work, that's one way. Another way is, oh, whoa, um, my country, our people. (laughs) Um, We are so against vocational education and there's so much that's lost from us being against vocational education. Um, and junior colleges, this whole notion of that type of space, if we would embrace those types of opportunities more, like imagine if we had a school system that was intentional about making sure that you have a certain amount of experiential hours. Mm-hmm. And those experiential hours could be like vocational learning, um, carpentry, go into BTVI. But those experiential learning um, experiences could also be you being an apprentice or an intern mm-hmm. at a particular place and you have to have a certain amount of those hours to graduate. Mm-hmm. Then you would start to see like people having the opportunity to like, they will learn more about themselves and having those like real life real life experiences right so um i think those are two like standard ways um but then you know i just want to be myself and be revolutionary and be like just 
just it. just give it a chance <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like just step outside of the box and like take that leap of faith and invest in your child and and when i say invest i don't mean like financial resources i mean invest that time into your child like knowing who your child is as an individual and and seeing at least two things that they're really interested in through mm-hmm. yeah two questions yeah, my second question has more to do with educators. I know a lot of teachers are burnt out, they're underpaid, they're not loved. You know, how can the public, you know, be better, I guess, partners to our teachers? Or do you think it's, why? Why do you think we have such a disdain for teachers and the support just isn't there? I don't know if it's a disdain. No, it is. I think it's oh, a, it's no, a, it is. It's it an, is. It's, no. an, it's an unappreciation. Though. Well, I mean, I think I think it. Disdain seems like a strong. When word. you're not paying when you teachers, when you're not appreciating <laughs> them, when you expect them to parent your you. child, I feel like it. You don't you. love these people. Mm-hmm. When you in it, you actually feel very unloved sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. Um, and it's almost like you know what I don't like, uh, especially within the private school sector. I feel like sometimes it's even worse because people are like I paying you, mm. so you could do what I say mm-hmm. type of uh, response. And it's almost like, like it's almost like shut up and work mm-hmm. sometimes. And when you have an environment like ours, especially when we stepping out and like really trying to invest in your child as an individual. Um, it does feel that way sometimes for real Sharice where it's like it's almost like a level of hate and I don't know if it's because it's like the, in that in my instance I can only speak from my experience if it's the financial exchange th- or not exactly it seems like this is transactional because even during the pandemic when people went on zoom and it's like well why do I have to pay 100% of tuition when I'll just home. teach it my kids on zoom like yeah. that's the type of attitude people have as if you know, shut up and teach it. Or you, you don't deserve <laughs> this amount rough. of money. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, they're also very incredible parents uh, that are very supportive. I think um, parents, like, putting themselves, like, finding ways to get involved. So, for example, at our school, um, I think the term PTA and what PTA has come to mean over the years makes a lot of people feel as though they don't have an opportunity to actually engage. Mm. And so at our school, we were intentional about renaming it and we call it the Parent Alliance Committees and Task Force. And because those are three different layers and levels that a parent can have an opportunity to get involved, right? So if you're a part of the Parent Alliance, anyone who has had faith in us enough to bring their child to our school Mm -hmm. is automatically at the alliance level, right? And you could push the alliance level even more by like thinking about the physical amount of hours that you might spend in the building. So that might be like stopping by for lunch one day. And I know a lot of schools don't necessarily have an open door policy, but in the spaces that you are allowed to show up, like just showing up in those spaces, learning the school lingo, Mm -hmm. right? Like you have a lot of schools that have like, um, their online, um, like their Canvas or whatnot, that they're, their learning management system. Mm-hmm. Like when you know the name of the learning management system and you're using the school's lingo with your child, your child feels more, con- you have, it makes them feel like you're more connected to the environment. Mm-hmm. And that actually automatically takes another load off of the teachers, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't always have to be some big grand gesture. So you have that alliance level and you have people who might, there might be something that's going on and they want to be on a short task force, mm-hmm. right? Like they want to get involved for this particular thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you could get involved for like that thing, raising money for one specific event. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you have the traditional PTA type of level where someone is involved with the the, commu- the committee and um, long-term level. But I say all of that to say is like, parent involvement is absolutely key. It cannot be undersold. And I think that's part of the reason why we're so successful is because 
it's almost like forced into the environment mm-hmm. in essence um, because the nature of how our school started was like primarily homeschool curriculum. Mm-hmm. And so it's already that like it's in your home type of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our parents have been very involved and that's, that's what really helps because um, I think about like truthfully education is primarily the responsibility of the parents. Yeah. Yep. The role of the teacher is just to assist <laughs> the it. parents, yeah. right? And I think most parents look at it as, yo, I, t- I drop my kids mm-hmm. off to school, this is your job now. Right. You know, it's your job to educate my child. And I, I do agree, I think parents need to play an active role in, in that educational process for sure. My final question is, <laughs> we always have this discussion because now that there are so many ways to make money without going to college, social media, influencing, mm-hmm. blogging, blogging, how important do you think education still is in terms of, you know, because most people, you go to school, you get an education, mm-hmm. you find a job. But if you're finding a job without the college and all of mm-hmm. that, do you think it's still necessary? I think education and learning is still necessary. Do I think that the conventional um, expectations of what education looks like? No. Um, and that might be challenging for some people to think, but I truly believe that if you are investing in learning that's going to look different so i'm big on the future of work if anybody Mm want to take the time to google my dissertation (laughs) um uh so young people so this generation they're going to have four to five different careers Mm -hmm. over the course of their lifetime not just jobs and so imagine if you invest in um hundreds of thousands of dollars into a specific career Mm -hmm. and then you just have to shift to another career right Mm -hmm. and so education and what it looks like is actually evolving around us it's a matter of us evolving like choosing those things that are evolving with us as far as education is concerned so i do not necessarily that's why i think it's like vocational school and junior colleges and stuff like that are so helpful to Mm -hmm. like leverage this experience of like me investing in a place and also still having that room to navigate to a different direction Mm -hmm. um but certifications there are a ton of people in a lot of fields that are getting paid a lot more from certifications than those who Mm -hmm. have degrees and so i'm not going to say that learning stops like Mm -hmm. those individuals that are under the impression that oh, well, you know, I'm a YouTuber. I just don't need to learn. Mm-hmm. We gonna see how long you're gonna yeah. have whatever you've accrued. Mm-hmm. But I think that learning is still very important. Education itself is very important, but not necessarily the way that we expect it to look. Yeah, I can remember, you know, my dad was like, yo, you're going, you're going to college. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have a choice, right? right? And, uh, you know, I, I could see the reasons why he was, was you know, gone ho on saying, like you have to go to school, even with getting my master's. Like that was something that he didn't force me to do, but was really adamant that, you know, I think you should get a master's mm-hmm. degree. Uh, and I, you know, I appreciate that, but I think, you know, me and Sharice have this conversation a lot and it's like, yo, if our kids come and be like, they don't, you know, they have this idea that they want to pursue, and mm-hmm. but it, you know, college is going to interfere with that. I, we have to entertain it. Exactly. Right? It's not going to be like, nah, you can't do this. You're going off to school. Like, mm-hmm. nah, I want to, like, you know, like your mother was doing, allowing you to build a submarine at six. Right. You're not really saying no, like, this is a crazy idea, but, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of uh, harnessing that that creativity that you that mm-hmm. you are. And, and look, look, look how it turned I out. I agree. Actually, my dad has a business, and I had an idea in the middle of college about uh, something that I felt would have taken off of their business. And here it is, 20 years later, it came out. And I'm just like, sir, in the middle of college, I actually pitched to you. I I had a a slide deck because I had to prepare it for a marketing class in school and he was not hearing it. Mm. I had another business idea and was not hearing it. And I was just like, I felt like, yes, part of my entrepreneurial experience was killed (laughs) through college. But I do appreciate that I went, right? Mm. Um, Some people absolutely need it. Um, And it's actually a matter of, you could always go back. And I think it's it's important to speak to that too, though, because like, what, what, 
but you know, like we're saying like everyone learns differently. It's like right. some people need like a college environment yes. and a college structure to learn yes. and to educate themselves. But we're, you know, I think the 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 thing that we're saying is like that just doesn't work for everyone. Not for every single yeah. person. Yeah. So I think there's like a if difference. It's something viable that your child is coming with. Sure. Like give them the space and also the opportunity for timelines for gap years. Because the thing is, you you spoke you spoke earlier, Reese, about like colonization and mm-hmm. whatnot. I realized that when I went to boarding school, a lot of people who have amassed lots of wealth, they're children take gap years Mm -hmm. um and they have them planned Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and um here we are being like hyper invested in something that is is antiquated like being intentional about uh, a gap year could go so much further now i'm not just saying let them sit home and play video games Mm -hmm. or or whatnot but yeah having like a plan that might not look traditional as long as there's some type of plan and structure i think i'm sure that they'll be successful i think one of the obama girls took a gap year and she did like um internship internship at like a film studio exactly Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what she's doing career-wise yeah. now mm-hmm. yeah. right like so. you, you mentioned that when you when you when you spoke about having the kids or uh, like the the the, okay. the vision of like how how the educational system could be in the bahamas mm-hmm. where like they aren't just like in a classroom learning like you give them opportunities to 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 do different things exactly to enhance their personal development mm-hmm. professional development like all these things that they would need uh that they wouldn't get in a traditional like educational school exactly you know so i think that's important one more input mm-hmm. and i also think it's good that kids have options to try different things mm-hmm. because how are you going to know what you want to do unless you try but because if you just go to college and you force something upon a child and four years later i really want to do that yeah. and you and set we, them back you know you and you, you and i had a conversation about this recently because there was this i think uh i think she was studying law or doctor yeah, or yeah, something yeah. and she you know she was like, yo, I, I'm done with this this law degree, yeah. uh, studying law. Like, I'm about to go be an influencer. Yeah. yeah. And is waking buku dollars yeah. now yes. as, a fluencer, as an influencer. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's things like that, right? Like, you have kids who, who, who pursue these careers because it's what their parents want them mm-hmm. to do. But deep down inside, like, it's not who they are. Exactly. And it, it's at a later point in life when they're like, okay, you know, forget this career. Yeah. I'm going to take this chance on what I really, really want to do. Mm-hmm. And more times than not, like, they're successful in it. Exactly. Because it's really who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we got to know who our kids are. And, and you know, honestly, I, I think the disclaimer here is like, everyone is in a different situation, right? Like, some, what some families can afford to do, others mm-hmm. can't. Uh, so, but do your best to really understand like who your kids are and what your kids need to be successful, mm-hmm. successful in their personal lives, successful, successful with their education. And then when, when that transfers into their professional life, they could attain success in that mm-hmm. as well. And then to the children, have a foundation. Like, I think for me, like a foundation of faith was very helpful because mm-hmm. while my dad was like insistent about me going to McGill and he was right about that, he was wrong. He was mad that I started the school. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, I started a school in my mommy living room. He was like, this what you do. He literally said to me, this what you doing with a McGill degree? Like he was livid. And then I, but because I, I, I was very clear about like where, how I wanted to impact people's lives. I had confidence that this was the right thing. It didn't look like the right thing to, to other people. A lot of people was just like, April, I have a school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but because I really had faith that like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, I was able to see it through. And now he's like super proud, yeah. right? Um, so I think like to, to young people as well, like if you in, invest that time in yourself to really like discover who you are and like where your passions are and the things that you know by like, beyond a shadow of doubt that you can do well in 
um, and and think of it from a perspective of like impact, like from that perspective of like the world needs you. Mm-hmm. And once you anchor in that, like times might be tough, but it's gonna it's gonna work out in the end. No, nah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So April, we have a parting question that I ask every guest. Um, and this question is, you know, I expect it to be different from guest to guest. And you know, that question that I'd like you to answer is, how do you define success? Um, I see success as truly in discovering and embracing who you are um, to the point that you're able to ignite the power and potential in yourself and in others um, so that you can live a purposeful life. Mm. So, you know, mm. I'm really big on, you know, discovery, discovering yourself for real. Oh, that's important. Yeah, that's important. Uh, thank you for that, April. I think this was a, a great conversation. Um, let's, let's let everyone know how to get in contact with you. Uh, so you, you have the Leadership Academy. Um, you know, you have... Uh, uh, the Monroe Institute the of Monroe Leadership. The Monroe Institute of, of Leadership, absolutely. That's, uh, by the way, that's coming on stream uh, in January 2024. Mm-hmm. Super excited! We're going to be launching our first two pro, our first two training programs, our first two curriculums. Um, been working like super hard, super long on that, and I'm just happy that we're at this point. I appreciate you coming on board, assisting me with that. It's uh, my pleasure. But you know, if you want to leave some contact information, I'm sure. Uh, I'm, I'm so old now. school. It's just like, <laughs> well, you know, there's the wvleadership.com. So www.wvleadership.com. That's where you can find the Leadership Academy. Um, and then via the Monroe Global website, where um, if you choose the MIL, which is Monroe Institute of Leadership tab, and then that's also where you can find information on the Institute in terms of social media and all that kind of stuff. I'm mm. still pretty old school. So, um, yeah, I'll do better about that in 2024, though. That's like a real goal. I'm like, April, <laughs> stop hiding. I'm actually like, you know. Yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> well, April, thank you. Thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. So for this is, me. oh, sorry. Yes. Thank you for being here. So this is a portion of the show where uh, I leave a milestone with you. Uh, again, this, these are just principles, uh, quotes, things that I you know, want to leave with you to take home and apply to your daily lives. Today's milestone is simple, and it's, it's along the topic that we've been discussing today about education, right? And it says, education is not the learning of facts, but the training of the mind to think. And that's a quote by Albert Einstein. And I think, you know, if we, you know, it, we were discussing earlier that, you know, learning never stops, right? Exactly. Education never stops. So I think if we approach life with always wanting to be informed, always wanting to be educated, then that learning will never stop. Like we'll never stop learning. We're always going to be eager to uh, gain information, gain an understanding of that information, and then be able to apply that to things that we're doing. And that's where wisdom comes in. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the milestone for today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you uh, for joining us today, April, Dr. April, Dr. Finlinson. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for being on uh, this part with me today. It's I really appreciate pleasure. it. I feel like there was a great conversation. Um, and I know you guys enjoyed it. Um, so if you want to tap in with April, you know, you've, uh, you've heard the contact information. Uh, if you want to tap in with the Monroe Institute of Leadership, we'll be launching in January 2024. I'm looking forward to that. All right. So as, as always, the goal and vision for this pod is to entertain, educate, and elevate you miles high above your fears, your doubts, and any limitations that you may think exist, always knowing that those limitations only exist in your mind. All right. Until next time, you guys be blessed. <laughs>